Welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Tabert, former overweight, atheist, corporate girl, turned fit over 40, purpose-chasing God girl, and fitness coach entrepreneur. And in this podcast, I get to share with you all things faith and fitness that lead to greater levels of freedom in every aspect of life. Because what I have learned over my last 20 years in my transformational journey and now coaching other women through their own transformations over the last decade is that when we continually cultivate that faith that moves mountains, that greater connection to peace and purpose, and continually work on fitness in both mind and body, that unlocks greater levels of freedom that you probably don't even know are possible from where you sit today. And I'm here to tell you not only is it possible, but it is your kingdom inheritance. You were created on purpose for unique and greater purpose. And we get to discover that and live that out. So let's jump in to today's episode. And for those of you that want to learn more about my own personal journey, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode one. But for now, let's jump into today's episode. Ladies, jump on. Welcome. Welcome. I want to share these five things that I know are going to be super impactful. And I'm going to tell you straight up, like I have said many times before, if you are easily offended, that is something to think about why you are triggered when these kinds of conversations come up. Because I'm going to tell you, I am a truth teller from a place of love and passion, having my own battle 20 years ago, having coached other women for the last decade. And so I am super passionate and I am not going to perpetuate the challenge or part of the challenge in coddling people and saying that, you know, it like there's, there's like allowing you to settle. You are created for more. You're created when on purpose for unique and greater purpose. And I know that I get to, as long as you permit it, be a voice that through truth and love is going to empower you to rise above any circumstance. And especially when it comes to dropping and releasing the extra pounds, it's based on my own story and having helped so many women over the last decade now. And the reason this is so passionate, these five lies that have just come front of mind once again over even just the last week, all five of them, and actually a bonus one that if you stay to the end, you'll hear, right? And that is because of a series of conversations that I've had, you know, one interaction in a much larger group where there's thousands and thousands of women supporting women. It's an amazing group, but it seriously breaks my heart to see based on the the large number of women that are in that group, that insane high percentage of them that are currently struggling with weight, significantly struggling with weight and or just have become complacent with the fact that they have all of these extra pounds that are are clearly not healthy. So these are the five lies. Let me jump right in. First and foremost is lying to yourself. Ladies, I talked about this a little bit last week, but I got to put it in here to make sure that you catch this, that the first step to breaking free of whatever you have going on. And no matter how long you've struggled or battled, whether it's 10 years, 15 years, your entire lifetime, or just 2020, 
you know what I hear all the time? Corona, like, I don't even know how many times I have heard people say COVID-19, the famous 19 pounds. I think at one point it was 15, right? I don't know. I've heard many iterations of it. But here's the deal. And I get, I totally get, like, I'm not naive to, to understand that some people are lightly joking about it. Other people are very serious. But this is the thing. Our words have power. Everything you say that comes out of your mouth has power behind it. Hey, Gina, if you, as you're watching live, type live. When you watch replay later, let me know that too. Uh, every word we say has power. So when the first and foremost lie that you're being told, you are telling yourself. And actually, there's so many within that. And that's what I get to work on with women. Because a lot of times we can't see the lies. We can't see our blind spots. But I will tell you the number one thing that you can start to call out yourself is blaming people, circumstances, situations. It does not matter how dramatic it is and how significant it is. If you don't find a way to take ownership for your own well-being, you're going to continually come up against a stronghold that is going to keep you stuck and keep you from moving forward. So using that as an example, yes, 2020 was a hard year for a lot of people. A lot of people will tell you that they reframed it and created an amazing year from it. And a lot of people had very hard struggles and at a societal level, it was very heavy. And so there's all different perceptions and meanings that we can give the year 2020. I don't wanna take away from anyone that has had like significant impact um, from the year or hardship or any of that, I get it. The point is, is that sitting in an emotion or giving it the meaning that that happened so I, that, so I gained 20 pounds takes your power away and puts it on some circumstance that is out of your control versus, again, no condemnation, right? This is something I talk about all the time, um, that we, there's no condemnation. It's not beating yourself up to say, okay, 2020, I gained 20 pounds or whatever it was because that was how I reacted to the stressors that were happening at the time, right? There's a very big difference. And if you're not, if you've not been down this road for a long time, um, or, then I get that that's hard to understand. But the first step to becoming and, you know, beyond where you are is being able to take your power back and take 100% responsibility. And that's the power of learning your own value, your own worth. Like I could go on so many tangents of that. I'm not going to because it's super important that you do not fall into condemnation. You're not beating yourself up. You're not telling yourself you're a horrible person. You're just making an observation. I call it being a student of your own, own mind and body. Instead of saying, you know, the 2019, the pandemic, the corona, that's why I gained the weight or that's why I struggled or whatever the case may be. No. It was your choices, your responses, your reactions, right? That's what caused the weight gain. You put the fork in your mouth, right? You put the fork and put the food in your mouth, right? Corona didn't do that, right? Again, no judgment, no condemnation whatsoever. That is the truth that you want to own in order for you to get to a point where, where you're able to really do the work, right? So that's the first lie, is that you're lying to yourself talking about all these stories. like. And I use using Corona and I probably beat that one to death. It could be like, I have XYZ condition. Well, XYZ condition, for example, I have PCOS. For those of you that don't know PCOS, over 80% of women that have PCOS are overweight. It makes it more challenging to be at a healthy weight. It does not make it impossible. But if you own 
if you just live in that story of I have PCOS, even those words, I have PCOS or I am PCOS or whatever the case may be, owning those words, you're taking your power away. Again, hear me. I'm not saying that it makes it easy. I'm saying that you get to take your control back by saying PCOS is something that my you know, body is figuring out and I am continually working on better strategies so that I am not a statistic. You get to choose if you want to be a statistic or not. And if you give in to the storyline, somebody else tells you about what a statistic is, guess what? You're going to be the statistic because one of my favorite verses from the, uh, you know, my most favorite book obviously is the Bible, but it talks about for us, he thinks in his heart, so is he. And we do not take that to the fullest extent of the understanding. The more you focus on something, the more it expands. So even something as simple as I have this or I have that. And so therefore I'm overweight. If you keep telling yourself that story, you're going to allow and empower choices that align with the end result that you are creating, right? Again, I understand it's not easy. But I'm going to tell you because it gives you the power back. And I know you may not know the how, and you may feel like you've tried all the things. And that's what I'm going to talk about next. The third is, oh my gosh, no. The third is, or the second, I'm sorry, is this storyline that if you, <laughs> you just got to bear with me, guys, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. This storyline of healthy at every, any weight is not true. Like it's scientifically not true. I want you to love yourself. I want you to love your body. It has nothing to do with the number on the scale. The number on the scale does not define you. But to say that you are healthy at any weight, if you are 75 pounds overweight, if you are 50 pounds overweight, you are not healthy. You are putting yourself at higher risk for common viruses because your immune is going to be compromised. You're putting yourself at higher risk for COVID-19. You're putting yourself at higher risk for type 2 diabetes, certain types of cancer, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And if you're telling yourself, well, my blood work is healthy now, you are waiting on a ticking time bomb for it to catch up with you. It is only a matter of time. And I'm telling you that with truth and love because I care and because it makes me angry when somebody that just has something to like sell and or like this whole coddling, like, it isn't helping. It's making us sicker as an entire society, right? And so we get to love each other and be kind to each other where we're at, but also be truthful. Like it, it is super painful to battle with weight because it is such a visible, um, like you, like you can see if somebody is overweight, right? But sister, I got to tell you, just because maybe that's your struggle, there are, you know, 10 other things going on with the woman next to you that you just can't see. Their battle is just better hidden, right? So there's no judgment because not one is better than the other, right? And it sucks that it's a visible battle. But to say that it isn't or say that it isn't something that needs to be worked on if you want to live optimal health, excuse me, <laughs> I'm like so caught up. If you want to live in optimal health for the rest of your life, then you want to be at a healthy body weight for you, right? That doesn't mean like jacked and it doesn't mean super lean and it doesn't mean six pack abs. It means a healthy weight for you and stop allowing people to just coddle and say, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not healthy. It's not going to serve you. It's not good for your family and those that depend on you. It's not good for your performance at work, whether you are a, you know, even if you are, um, 
super, and this is the point three, is like it is impacting your life. The third lie is when you are telling yourself or somebody else is telling yourself like it's really not that big of a deal and it's not impacting your life. You don't understand the level in which it is impacting your life. You do not understand the cost that carrying the additional weight is 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 costing you because sometimes for different different reasons. Sometimes it's just because you've been that way for so long, that's your normal. It's even as simple as like if you are running a diet, when I say diet, I just mean like your overall, I don't mean dieting, like that's a bad evil word. I just mean like your food choices throughout the day. If they consist mostly of packaged processed foods, then you are living in like this whole nother hormonal and brain fog universe that has become your norm. And I cannot tell you how many clients, once they start eating, it's not that you can't ever have your favorites. It's not about crazy restriction or anything like that. It's actually not even 100% nutrition. Nutrition is only one smaller part of it. But just with the nutrition alone, when you start eating more in alignment with as close to the ground or the animal as possible, yes, it's not that complicated either. When you start doing that, then, and you, it's hard to do that. And there's so many other factors. And that's why I work on coaching with women. That's why I have the 12-week program because it's not like, yeah, it's really easy to say, well, just eat as close to the ground animal. It's really hard to do in practice when you've got, you know, five, 10, 20, 40 years of habits of eating packaged processed food or whatever the case may be. But when you are predominantly consuming those foods, you're living in a whole different realm of thought process, emotion, all the things that has become your norm. So you don't even recognize the potential of how you could feel. Does that make sense? As you're watching this, if that makes sense, say yes. I get it, right? In other words, if you're predominantly consuming packaged processed foods, high, highly processed carbohydrates as a normal part of your food, daily food regimen, you have stuff going on emotionally, hormonally. It's not just about the number on the scale. It's not just about how your pants are fitting. It's about how you're showing up for yourself, for your family, for your business, for maybe you're helping somebody else build their business. It is impacting all of those aspects and you just don't even realize it. And sister, this was true for me too. I mean, I don't want to go too far into my own story, but I had no idea. I knew 20 years ago that I needed to get well. I had a bottom of the shower moment. That story is for another day. You can check out the podcast or some of my prior videos or whatever. I had a bottom of the shower moment where I knew I had to get well. I started doing the work. And at, you know, 18 months later, right, because it's 20 years ago, I get to make the process easier for women now that I coach. I ended up at a whole new level of awesome mom that I never even knew I was missing out on because the norm was where I was at. The bar was set low and I didn't even know it. I thought I did and that was what prompted the change finally, but it was so much more than I ever expected from where I started when I started to do the work. And for me, it wasn't just the food, it was doing the work in mind, body, and what I now understand as soul, like our emotional, our ability to manage emotion, all right? So the uh, fourth thing is, uh, this one kills me too, if it fits your macros. <laughs> crap food is crap food and you will feel crappy. I'm always going to tell you the truth, all right? And I will tell you that the, like it's such a dangerous path. And I, when you are in my circle, right? You will know I still eat, my, my want to's have changed. I don't want to go too far down that path. So my want to's have definitely changed over 20 years in the making, right? 
However, I still enjoy what my current favorites are. I teach my clients how they can still enjoy their favorites as well. So I'm not saying you can't ever have those things, but if you are living a consistent day-to-day -day food choices on fast food, packaged, processed food, sugars, donuts, all the things, you know, sugary gummy worms, whatever the fat is right now, then you are screwing your, your system. That is the bottom line. And anyone that tells you differently, man, I hate even saying that because I, I just want to stay focused on the, on that, on the truth. So I don't want to, I don't mean to call anybody else out, but I will tell you, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's not true. It is not true. There is so much data and research again, not just about the impact that it has on you carrying unhealthy weight and unhealthy body fat, but your brain health. I talk about that a lot too. Like Alzheimer's and dementia and all kinds of things run in my family. So I've been looking at that stuff for the last several years. And I will tell you, sugar has a direct impact on many of the cognitive diseases that, and again, it doesn't, again, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but it matters. Your food matters. The quality of your food matters. You eat crappy food, you're going to feel like crap your body's going to be like crap. You're going to feel, and I mean like physically, you're going to feel like crap, right? You can look, you are beautiful at any size. You're beautiful at any weight. We want to love ourselves. We're talking about truly being the best version of ourselves. It's an inside job, right? And nutrition is actually one piece of the equation, which is the fifth is this lie that it is all about the diet and the exercise. Can I tell you how many clients have come to me and one that comes to mind, super um, high demanding job and has it all together. She's absolutely amazing. And yet she came, when she originally came to me, it was because she knew that she wasn't at her healthiest. She knew that as much as she had these massive accolades, anybody looking on the outside would be like, wow, her life is so, and it is really put together, even that and, and all the things. In the meantime, she wasn't as comfortable in her body as she could be. So she knew that that was showing up, right? And she was doing hours and hours at the gym, not eating enough. And we started working together and she started to realize that she needed to and could eat more, <laughs> which she should, and that she could still enjoy her favorites. And now she's integrated it into a very crazy, hectic, high demanding lifestyle with not just the job, but family, young child, you know, <laughs> dog to boot, all the things and learned how to integrate it into lifestyle, not just based on diet and exercise though. That is one part of the equation. So I guess this is a two-parter. It's a lie that you need to eat less and move more. There is some, you know, with every lie, there is some truth, but I think it's overextended, right? You do have to pay attention to what you're eating. You do have to move, right? But it doesn't mean that you're working out for hours at the gym. And it doesn't mean that you're, you're actually doing yourself more damage when you, you know, go on these crazy restrictive fad diets. Every time you do that and you lose 20 pounds only to gain 40 pounds back, you're making it that much harder for your body to operate for you in optimal health the next time. And all of that to say that diet and nutrition, or I'm sorry, diet and movement is actually still missing the one main thing that you want to work on when you're trying to create sustainable changes. And that one main thing is what I get to work on with my clients. It's time and process to make it happen and I get to give them a blueprint. But it's not 
all about the foods and the workouts. That is one piece of a puzzle, right? So in order to put it all together and make it sustainable, because you know, you already know that, because how many times have I heard, or maybe you've said that, you know, I've tried all the things and nothing's working. And maybe you did follow that plan, right? These, you know, specific plans. Maybe you followed a keto or you did a Weight Watchers or you did a whatever, but then it wasn't sustainable. And you think that you somehow it must be you, right? Or something worked for Aunt Susie and it didn't work for you and why didn't it, right? Because it wasn't the meal plan, right? It's missing the key ingredient. You've been missing the key piece that you need in order to create substantial, substantial, sustainable habitual changes, right? And that's what I get to work with women on. And then the next, I know I said five, but here's a bonus for my Christian sisters specifically. <sighs> Ladies, I'm going to be real. Like seriously, all joking aside, it really makes me sad. I don't know why I felt a little bit choked up, but I feel like because I love you guys so much and I, we are called to live our best life so that we can live out our greatest purpose. Each one of us was given unique gifts and talents and you may not feel like it in this moment. You may not even know what it is. You might think that it needs to be something grandiose and it may just be that your season in this time is you're exactly where you're supposed to be for some reason that you don't yet know. However, one of the easiest ways for the enemy to work against us, to keep us distracted and discouraged is for us to feel uncomfortable in our own body, not only with the physical weight, but the literal hormonal imbalances that package, process, carbs, all the ups and downs of the fad diets, all those things create so that it creates that brain fog, that confusion, that low on energy, right? We are called to take care of our bodies. And what makes me sad is I really do not understand why we don't talk about it more as a church. And I, you know, I have some understandings, but there is not enough pastors that are talking about the importance of the health of our body, right? And no judgment, but when we look at biblical references, it calls us to care for our bodies. Our bodies are a gift. Our bodies are his temple and not in a holier than now way. We are no better than any other person, whether they share our belief or not share our belief. But I'm just saying that this is part, like if we believe in God's word and we believe that God's, that his word is our living word, that means all of it. We don't get to choose bits and pieces of it, just like we don't want anyone else to choose bits and pieces of it. It doesn't mean that we're perfect either. It just means that we need to get real and speak truth in love that this is just as much as a battle right? As anyone else. And again, if you don't know my full story, I also used to be atheist agnostic. So if you're not a believer and you're like, what is she talking about right now? I love you too, wherever you're at, no matter what you're, I'm not trying to convert you. I'm specifically this point is for my Christian sisters that we are called to live and figure it out. And that's where we are in community. We all have strengths that we get to work on with each other. This just happens to be the aspect of life that God has done, given me a lot of opportunity to work in and through me, through my own stumbling and whatever that I now get to experientially teach forward and also just be super, just a new level of boldness in speaking that we are called to be able to care for, like 
we're even physically, we're called to be ready and able physically, right? There's so many different factors of this. And what I meant to say about not judgment, and then I got a little bit sidetracked about the caveat of I used to be an atheist or what, um, an agnostic. So if you aren't a believer, but this is true too, that I struggled with gluttony. For those of you that don't know, I have my own transformation story 20 years ago. Um, but even after I physically looked well on the outside, I struggled with gluttony and what turned into bulimia for a really, really long time, right? And this word, his, I have my Bible on my corner of my desk, tells me that that is just as much of a sin, according to my interpretation of it, right? I don't, I'm not trying to be a Bible scholar, but I think it's pretty straightforward. That is just as much as of a vice. That is just as much of a sin. That is just as much of a distraction of the biggies that, you know, not you guys, of course, I'm not talking to like, of course, nobody watching this is guilty of this, right? But we place judgment on, well, hopefully you're not judging, but what I'm saying is like, we call the bigger sins things like adultery or murder or crime or whatever. And I'm not trying to get into all the different levels of sin. I'm just, and, and or whether that is true. Some people say that it's not. I feel like in my own, the way I live my life is I don't feel like any I don't feel like any, I feel like all sin is the same and I'm not trying to get in an argument with you, but I mean like what that means for me is that I have no right and no place to judge anyone else for any choice that they make. That is not my place to do that. And that I am not any better or any worse for that matter because I have my own issues, right? And thank God I'm free from that and I've been free from that for a few years. But my point is, is that we are called to live this great abundant life that God has for us. And the enemy uses the battle with food, uses even if you are, you know, seemingly at a healthy weight, but if you're eating a lot of packaged, maybe you have a super fast metabolism or whatever the case may be, if you're eating a lot of packaged processed food, then you are damaging the system that was naturally created for us. And it is creating a block between you being able to show up as your best self each and every day so that you can live your best self and give your best self. Make sense? All right. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I would love to continue the conversation with you and connect with you. The best way to do that is for you to join us in our free community within Facebook, Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Community. You can also email me any questions or ideas for future topics at Rebecca at RebeccaTaber.com. Bye for now.